are now listening to the number one rated podcast in the tri-state area and also Leavenworth, Washington. It's Jones and Friends featuring Mike Jones of the Dinner for Dessert podcast. Here's your host, Mike Jones. Hey, everybody. I would like to welcome you once again to another stellar edition of Jones and Friends, uh, a funny podcast where I don't speak to anybody. It's just pretty much a monologue. And I love the name. I love the name Jones and Friends, even though it's just me. Your old pal, Mike Jones. The fact that this show exists right now means that we had another scheduling conflict for the main podcast that we all do called Dinner for Dessert. And once again, if you're listening to this, you're probably a subscriber of Dinner for Dessert. And I, again, appreciate you and love you very, very much for listening. I really got a, I got a comment that uh, I love the fact that you guys all listen and get into the show. You know, uh, we're just some local guys that kind of had a funny idea one day and, you know, oh, let's record our conversations that we have and put them out to people and see if anybody likes it. And people really do. I can't believe it. That's not to say that I doubt the quality of our show. I just can't believe that, you know, people want to hear us. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, this week, having spoken about music last week, and some nostalgia type of stuff. Uh, by the way, I got a lot of great feedback from a lot of you. Uh, most of you uh, enjoyed the show, even though it was pretty short. It was only 15 minutes. I wasn't prepared to speak that long on any one particular thing. And I guess 15 minutes for an inaugural show is pretty good, right? You can't really ask for more, can you? You might get more this week. I might, I might talk for a little while. One of the things I wanted to talk about was uh, movies. You know, the other big form of entertainment in my life, I suppose, along with television. I'm not a big TV watcher. The other guys watch TV a lot more than I do. I, I enjoy movies. A lot of the reason for that is um, I don't like the way that television is produced. You know, they help, they'll have a story for, let's say... Six episodes, but their contract is for 13 episodes. So they need to make that fit the length of time that they have. I don't really like that. I like that there's a story and a director shoots it and then edits it down to whatever the cleanest thing is. You know, and they can put out a a movie with no filler. Or at least that's what they're trying to do, right? So to start this all off, uh, I live pretty close to a Regal movie theater. Regal is one of the big movie chains around here along with AMC, I guess, is the other big one. And pretty much what they do is they offer this thing called Regal Unlimited for a set fee a month. And it's around 20 something dollars, $22, $23. You can go see as many movies as you would like. You download through an app. Um, they take your photograph and all that, so you can't like transfer it between other people, which I guess is kind of smart. And you can go to any movie you want. You can see the same movie five times. If, you, if something came out and you loved it, you can just keep going to see it and over and over again if you really wanted to. Um, pretty much the, the, the monthly price, um, we have it figured out where if you go see two movies in the course of a month, 
you've pretty much paid for the app. And if you go see a third movie, it ends up equating to be free, you know? But myself and my fiance, we go all the time. We live very close to the, the nearest Regal Theater. And it's a very, very nice one. They just built it. It's got brand new RPX Theater, um, 14 screens. They show a lot of movies that they don't even put on a marquee. Um, you know, they'll have like one random showing of something midday, you know? So to me, that's super cool. You know, I can just walk down the block and be like, oh, you know what? I want to see something that, you know, they're only playing for one day that was out of theater six months ago, but they're still showing it for whatever reason. I can go and do that. It's also nice because I have a, a day job where I'm off a couple of days in the middle of the week. I could just go to a matinee by myself if I wanted to, you know? And I feel like less of a loser doing that when, when it's already paid for up front. You know, like, I, I don't know if I would go down the block and pay the 12 bucks to go sit in a movie by myself. But since I'm already paying for it, why not? You know? So, I mean, I've yet to do that, but I, I, I think I'm going to line one up for this week. It would be pretty cool to do that. We've already seen the first couple of movies. Um, we went to go see the new Bad Boys movie, which I thought was... Uh, it's kind of, it was kind of polarizing for me. I thought it was really entertaining, but not a good movie. Does that make sense? Like, they definitely used the big Hollywood budget, and they had, you know, pretty high-name actors. Obviously, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are back, and uh, Joe Pantoliano is back. I don't know if anybody returned from the other movies, but um, definitely an effects budget, you know. It was visually stunning, but the story's kind of weird. You know, also, it, not to spoil it for anybody, but uh, they say the, <laughs> Will Smith's character's name, Mike Lowry, they say the words Mike probably a half a billion times in this movie. No, that's an exaggeration. Maybe like 75 times, let's say. It's definitely enough where if you were going to play a drinking game and you had to take a shot every time someone said Mike, you would be very drunk. Very drunk. Yeah, it was pretty good. I would recommend it. We also saw Like a Boss with uh, Tiffany Haddish and Rose, whatever her name is. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was also pretty good. Again, like not something I might pay to go see, but, you know, since it's all included, why not? You know? Plus, I, I really do like going to the theater. I like seeing things in the theater, you know? And I know that there are a lot of people that make this argument where it's like, I don't want to go to the theater unless it's like some big action movie or something that's really going to take advantage of the big widescreen with like the the super clear picture and the really loud detailed stereo system or the surround sound system, whatever you'd like to call it. I don't agree with that. And I'll tell you why. There are a lot of movies I've seen where they were definitely like small screen type movies. They still would have worked pretty well at home, you know, things with a lot of dialogue and, and all that. You know what? I'll just come out and say, I'll, I'll give an example, right? We saw this movie Uncut Gems recently, the Adam Sandler movie. Adam Sandler, Idina Menzel, Judd Hirsch, uh, a whole bunch of people in this movie. I loved it. Uh, I, I think I talked about it on the main podcast recently. Um, not that I'm going to go into detail on the story again, but 
um, seeing it in a theater was was pretty cool because there's a lot of uh, trickery done with the sound in the movie where anytime it's supposed to be tense, there's a lot of things going on in the audio track. You know, the music gets louder. There are more people talking in the background. It, it gets a little more chaotic so that when there are scenes where the character kind of breaks down a little bit, or has like a human moment for a minute, all of that kind of goes away, right? The, the, the background voices stop, the music comes down, and you're left with just you and the character. And then, and then things come back in and, you know, or, or the next scene will ramp up and all of a sudden again, it's, it's very heightened, you know, and it causes a reaction in you. Maybe you don't realize that it, that it's happening, but it does, you know? So that that's why I like to see movies in the theater. They they do take advantage of other things that help tell the story that aren't necessarily visual or dialogue. I thought the same thing when I saw that movie The Joker. Or Joker? Is it just Joker? I don't know. That was a weird movie to me too. I I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Obviously the acting was great. I mean, uh, Joaquin Phoenix or Joaquin Phoenix, like I said uh, on a show recently where I sounded like a dum-dum, uh, silly goose that I am. I thought that it was very well acted. The script was kind of out there, you know? Um, like, to to me, I, don't, I didn't ever think that the Joker was that much older than Batman. Or, you know, I just, I can't see people you know, all wearing a Joker mask on the subway, you know, like in that, in that quantity of numbers, you know, I can't see people rioting, you know? And I know that it was supposed to take place in like a fictionalized 1970s city like New York, you know, but even then, like, I can't, I can't see that. Some of it was far-fetched. Some of it wasn't. Some of it was really great, you know? Or, you know, do you make the argument that some of it happened in his mind because he becomes more delusional as the movie goes on? I guess if you want to interpret it that way, maybe. Speaking of Joaquin Phoenix, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Oscars telecast the other night. Uh, it was on at work. I, I watched the whole thing pretty much. And uh, the Oscars is usually a pretty good show. You know, not really going to go out on a limb or anything. It's pretty good. But Joaquin Phoenix did win the Best Actor Oscar for Joker. And the speech that he gave was wild. You know, he's he's seeming to be more and more like a Marlon Brando type character as he goes on. You know, um, and not to say what he spoke about was, you know, not the truth, because most of it is the truth, you know. Humans are definitely screwing up this environment, you know. But he didn't really make a point, you know? He went through this whole speech about how we're using up natural resources and who gives us the right to artificially inseminate a cow and then take the calf and slaughter it and use the milk from the cow, you know, for our bowls of cereal, you know? Um, it's it's good to point that stuff out, but then he ha- he didn't have really an answer for you. You know, 
Like he didn't say like, oh, like it's wrong to eat meat. You shouldn't eat meat or use animal products. He didn't, he didn't say that we shouldn't or should use them. He just pointed out the fact that we are, you know, maybe that we should be a little more cognizant of the things around us, which I mean, I kind of get, you know, and he was also preaching uh, love and understanding or, you know, whatever. Don't know if that kind of thing's ever going to happen. Would like to. Anyways, a pretty entertaining speech. Pretty entertaining show entirely. Kind of surprised by the best, uh, the best picture winner, which was the movie Parasite. Uh, the first movie ever to win the best picture Oscar that wasn't an English language movie. Which is like, that's a big step. You know, that's really cool. I don't think anybody saw that movie. I had never heard of it before the Oscar show, to be honest with you. I'm sure it's actually a great movie. Is that something that you guys do? Like, we all get it, right? The the most entertaining movies, the big blockbusters in the summertime, they don't get nominated for Oscars. It's always like these more independent, you know, a little bit more creative type movies get nominated for the, the best picture. Do people watch them? Like, I pulled up just now a, a list of recent best picture winners, right? Just from like the 2010s I'll look at right now. Um, well, actually, you know what? I hate to say this because now that I'm looking at this list, right? I'm looking at the list starting in the year 2000. Some of these were big movies. Like the year 2000, Gladiator 1. It was up against things like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Traffic, Aaron Brockovich. 2001 was A Beautiful Mind was the winner. But other movies that were up for it were Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Moulin Rouge, Gosford Park. Same with 2002, the movie Chicago won, but Lord of the Rings, Two Towers was up for it, The Pianist. Gangs of New York. Um, like the winner actually was a, a fairly commercial film. 2007, No Country for Old Men. 2006, The Departed. That was a great movie. Some of these I don't think anybody would have seen though if they weren't nominated. Like let's take 2008 for example. Slumdog Millionaire. Which was also an awesome movie but I only watched it because... It was nominated for Best Picture. In fact, I th- think I only watched it after it had won the Oscar. You know, same with the... I don't remember seeing The Hurt Locker before or after, which was the winner in 2009. That was a great movie, though. You know, especially if you are into fairly modern military-type movies. Let's take a look starting in the 2010s, though, right? The King's Speech won in 2010. And it was up against a lot of strange movies. But then, you know, that, even then, there's there's other things that are up with it that were big commercial movies. Black Swan, Inception, Toy Story 3, True Grit, The Social Network. Or is it just getting more exclusive as we go? Like 2011 has the artist winning. I don't, I've never heard of any of the movies that were up at the same time, except for Moneyball, 
the, the baseball movie. I mean, the rest was called The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Help, Midnight in Paris, The Tree of Life, War Horse. I, I'm sure some of you guys are screaming at your radio right now saying, like, how did you never see these? You know, but I, I never did. Argo winning in 2012, that's a, a pretty big movie. But it was up against Django Unchained, Le Miserables, The Life of Pi, Silver Linings Playbook, that was a great movie. Zero Dark Thirty, also a great movie. I don't know, maybe I'm proving myself wrong. Because it looks like they do nominate some big commercial movies, but it doesn't seem like they win. Like, we used to, uh, on the Dinner for Dessert show, every year around this time, we would watch every movie. And we would kind of go into it, kind of given like reviews or synopsises and our choices of who we're going to win. And the first year that I can remember doing that was 2014. Uh, Birdman won the movie with Michael Keaton, which was a great movie. Um, another movie where seeing it in the theater might have helped, you know, with that crazy jazz drumming soundtrack. That would have been pretty cool to hear live and in surround sound. <clears throat> but it was up against things like Boyhood, Boyhood was like a crazy, um, like conceptualized movie uh, of going through in real time this child's life from whatever age to age 12 to when he goes to college. And I mean, I, I think it took 12 years to film, you know, that's cool. I don't know if the story was that great, but definitely an accomplishment. The Theory of Everything, Grand Budapest Hotel, Whiplash. That was a good year for movies, I suppose. You know, more more so in my head, the last couple of years, they're nominating fewer and fewer big commercial movies. This year, we finally get to uh, Parasite Wins. I've never heard of the movie even. And I, I just told you all that I go to the movies all the time. I can't even remember seeing a preview for this movie. But it was up against Ford versus Ferrari which I have yet to see, I would like to see, and it's still in the theater. Because what Regal does is that they take Best Picture nominees and they'll continue to run them, uh, albeit at a less frequent showing, you know, or it'll only be limited to like a noon or matinee showing. The Irishman, the movie that just came out on Netflix with De Niro and uh, Pesci and all those guys, which was a, a pretty flawed movie. It was very interesting. It was Way too long. Just way too long. Interesting story, though, especially if you're interested in what happened with Jimmy Hoffa and the the labor unions back in the day. I'm a unionized worker, so to me, it, it's kind of cool to be like, oh, like there are some similarities between what's going on where I work and in that movie. Not the, not the people getting murdered part, but uh, other things that happen, you know? Jojo Rabbit was up. I mean, uh, don't even know what it's about. Joker, which was a very good movie. Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would definitely like to see 1917. It's a, a World War I movie that was filmed entirely in one shot, or at least made to look like it was filmed entirely in one shot. 
which is that, that kind of thing is always very interesting to me. You know, even just to sit here and do this podcast in one take is pretty tough. You know, I've been talking right now for about 20 minutes. Um, hopefully I've made my edits a little seamless because I have stopped and started a couple of times after losing my train of thought. You know, not as bad as last week's. Last week's actually was kind of piecemeal together for that 15-minute show it was. This one, I guess I'm getting a little more comfortable. Or maybe I have a little more to speak about about the movies. Speaking of which, and I don't know if I really wanted to make this like an Oscars-centric show. I I kind of had the idea to speak about the movies just mainly because of the unlimited package thing that I got. But I guess since I'm on the topic, um, I pulled up another little list here. It's uh, kind of fun facts on the Oscars. I'm not going to read all these. Some of these are, you know, who cares type of things. But there were a few that kind of stood out to me. You know, everybody knows that the films with the most nominations were Titanic and uh, La La Land. And then there was another movie called All About Eve that came out in the 1950s. Um, but I, I think to me it's more interesting to know which movies earned the most nominations without winning anything at all. And there are two movies that are tied that had 11 nominations, but they didn't leave with any Oscars at all. One was The Turning Point, which came out in 1977, and Spielberg's The Color Purple from 1985. And that's, that's got to be pretty crazy to, like, to walk in there to the ceremony and know that you have 11 nominations and not win anything. Like, that, that can't feel good. The only franchise that's ever won Best Picture twice was The Godfather. The Lord of the Rings was nominated all three times, but only won it once. Godfather 3 was also nominated, but it lost to Dances with Wolves. Which was also a weird year because Goodfellas is also nominated. And I, I think a lot of people would have chosen Goodfellas over Dances with Wolves. I think I would have. I'm not the biggest gangster movie fan, but that's the one, you know? Or I mean, I guess, with, along with The Godfather, The good, Goodfellas is the next best thing. Uh, I found this surprising. The most Oscar wins and nominations is headed up by a fellow named Walt Disney. He's got 22 wins with 59 nominations. For his cartoons, animated features, and nature documentaries, which I didn't realize was a thing. In second place, the composer John Williams, who was nominated this year for the score for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Which is, uh, I mean, if you're going to pick a composer, he's the one. You know, all those iconic themes. I'm not even going to list them. You guys know. You guys know. Excuse me for a second. I'm just, I'm flipping through this in real time here. Daniel Day-Lewis has won Best Actor the most times. He's won three times. My Left Foot, There Will Be Blood, and Lincoln. Uh, Jack Nicholson has also won Best Actor twice. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and As Good As It Gets. And he also won Best Supporting Actor for Terms of Endearment.
which director has the most Oscars. It's John Ford. Um, even though he was a pioneer of Western movies, none of the ones that won were a Western movie. He won with The Informer of 1935, The Grapes of Wrath, How Green Was My Valley, and The Quiet Man. They all came out before 1952. Uh, you know, I don't know who's listening to this right now saying like, oh yeah, Jones, that's exactly what we want to hear. Talk about a guy who probably, you know, passed away a hundred years ago. Sorry, all I'm just picking things out of this list. How many times did Alfred Hitchcock win Best Director? He won it zero times. Uh, although he had made films like Rear Window, Vertigo, North by Northwest, Psycho, The Birds. Uh, he did win Best Picture for his first Hollywood movie, which was titled Rebecca, which came out in 1940. So I guess that's news to me. I never saw that movie. Me being a Hitchcock fan myself. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking through this list right now. The rest of this list is garbage. I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring you guys into that whole mess. You know, I guess there were some cool facts in there, but not many. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize and get this whole thing back on track here. Um, I guess I'll uh, I'll start uh, wrapping this whole thing up. Uh, the biggest question we've all been getting is uh, when's the show going to come back? Um, we were hoping to record an episode this week, and uh, we got a little busy, and it didn't quite happen. And Friday being Valentine's Day, and Friday also being the day that we usually record the podcast. Uh, we're not going to have another one for this week, which is why I'm hoping to stopgap a little bit with the this show coming out. You know, and we all feel like it's better to have something come out than nothing, even if it's just me by myself. So hopefully this held you guys over a little bit. And uh, once we have a main show back, uh, hopefully we'll do a longer show and, you know, we'll pull out all the stops. We have a lot of feedback from you guys. Um, and I know we didn't get to everything in the last show. I also got to say this, the, the participation from you guys on the main dinner for dessert podcast has been incredible to the point where we don't want to do a, a show longer than about an hour, but we're having a hard time cutting out, um, feedback from individuals, you know, and, and we would really like to answer everything that comes our way. But it's getting to the point where we, we're going to have to edit out some people. Like we, we're only going to take a couple of questions each week or we're going to omit, omit, I'm sorry, omit <laughs> um, certain segments because we just have too much content, which is an awesome thing, you know, which it'll actually work out better for you guys too because, you know, you won't be hearing the same segments every week. You know, you'll be hearing... <coughs> Oh, excuse me. You'll be hearing Ask Us Anything on a less frequent basis, but the content of it should be better when you do hear it. Which also opens up the way to for us to come up with new segments, give them a try, and see how much you guys like them. You know, so don't be alarmed that there's no show this week. We didn't, we're not going anywhere. We've been doing this show for a long time. A really long time, longer than you guys might realize, even though, you know, there's only numbered episodes to number 50 some odd, I think, on Spotify and Apple Music. 
we had done podcasting before this, and we have a whole slew of, of episodes that we had to take down for the reason of that we had used a lot of pre-recorded music, things that are copyrighted, and we got into a little bit of legal trouble with that stuff. So we can't uh, host that for you guys anymore. Maybe down the road we'll figure out a way, or maybe if something changes, we'll figure out a way to get that stuff to you guys if you really want to hear it and go back and listen. And I know a lot of the newer listeners are going back and listening to older episodes, which is such a cool thing, you know? So I'll, uh, I'll wrap the whole thing up and uh, follow Dinner for Dessert on Instagram. I don't have a Jones and Friends Instagram page. Maybe I should make one. Should I make one? You know? Would there be interaction? I don't know. I don't know how often I would post to it, to be honest with you. Maybe I'll make one. Maybe, maybe I will. In the meantime, you can follow me personally. My Instagram account is named Half Astronaut, all one word. Um, if you want to send me feedback there, you know, be my guest. Uh, have at it. Definitely follow and subscribe to Dinner for Dessert on Spotify and Apple Music and wherever else you get your podcasts from. I believe we actually host it on our own site as well. Uh, I'm sure Pomp is going to correct me on that next time I speak to him. Anyways, uh, that's my time for this week. I love you guys. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I'm planning on being back with the other two guys, Pomp and Eric, to do the Dinner for Dessert podcast and reclaim our throne, you know, and maybe uh, take away some time from bigger, also awesome podcasts like maybe Joe Rogan or Nerdist or wherever you guys listen to. You know, we need that audience back. So uh, I love you guys. Uh, You'll hear from me again soon.